Hello, everybody. This is uh, Shane Jensen, Professor of Statistics and Data Science at the Wharton School. This week on Wharton Moneyball, we get into a rousing discussion of the NFL playoff picture. We talk a little bit about Shoei Otani's unprecedented contract, both in terms of amount and in terms of deferral. And we discuss a little bit about the in-season basketball tournament that just concluded. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Wharton Moneyball on Business Radio. Welcome. Welcome to Wharton Moneyball. Welcome to a full hour of sports analytics here on SiriusXM. This is Cade Massey hosting with the whole crew. Adi Weiner from his office, Eric Bradlow from his office, and Shane from a new location we've not seen. I believe that's Germany. I believe that's Germany. And a little bit later in the evening, Shane and Adi are already cutting up in fine form here at the top of the show. Glad you guys have joined us. Appreciate your listening. You can follow us in the off times. This show is recorded on Tuesday afternoon. We'll go up Wednesday morning. Sirius XM will replay it a few times. We'll get the podcast up also. If you're not listening, you can follow us on Twitter. At WMoneyBall is our handle there. At WMoneyBall. We follow all of our guests. We tweet about the world of sports analytics. We love to hear from you. We'll take your praise. We'll take your criticism. We'll take your suggestions. At WMoneyBall is the easiest way to reach us. Format today. As usual, open lines in this first half hour, and then we'll have a guest in the second half hour. Tom Bliss is our guest in the second half hour. We're going to talk NFL analytics with a man who's on the inside, data scientist at the NFL with an interesting public-facing job as well. And he's got a great Twitter account, good for football analytics in the second half of the show. Guys, it's hard not to start today with the news of the day. It exploded last night and ran instantly through all corners of the internet that this $700 million contract that Otani signed with the Dodgers, which itself was already the biggest news of the week, is almost entirely deferred. And so it can't be a business school not have a position on Otani's deferring $680 million of his $700 million to begin payment in like year 11 or something. So first, let's get your reaction. Y'all are Major League Baseball people, even after, well, we'll talk about Yankees and Soto in a second, but Otani to the Dodgers and Otani deferring the vast majority of his income into years 11 through 20. What are y'all's thoughts? Well, I mean, the original observation was it's just an incredible large amount of money, but when you realize the deferral, it brings it down to a net present value that's a lot lower. I saw an interesting uh, Twitter post that said it's about $440 million in, in, in present value. But of course, I've got to remind our listeners, Adi, that there's no interest, unlike Bobby Bonilla Day. That's the big reason as well. Oh, oh, so but but how do I compare that to say judge's contract or or is it would be great if we could do put all these contracts in apples to apples? Well, it's no problem. Well, can, you just you just you can. No, I, I know it theoretically. The net, I think you just did the net present value, yeah. but I don't know what those are. So what what is what is Trout's contract in 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 NPV? Um, do you know that number? What is judge's contract? Um, because the time that it's signed, you want you just want apples to apples that on sign. Yeah, on. I mean, it sounded like a huge amount. It sounded like they were basically signing two players. Two all-stars, you know, the, the, one of the best hitters and one of the best pitchers. And the real question is, is that really the case, right? Um, because of injury risk, they both go out. It's not like independent plays, right? If, if, if the, the hitter gets injured, probably the pitcher's down too, right? Same person. Um, also, we have a limitation. He's gonna pick, he can't pitch more than six every sixth day. Um, that's, that's, so we really can't accumulate. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. It just the original amount seemed huge, but now that with the deferral, it seems like it's about right. 
I was just wondering, I'm just surprised this doesn't violate any rules, like not rules, but like in the NFL, if you did that, they would take the total sum and divide by the number of years. Like in the NFL, you can't give, you know, I don't know, let's give uh, Patrick Mahomes a 50-year contract at $200,000 a year, whatever the league minimum is, a million dollars a year for someone with his, and just spread it out. You can't do that. And then the minute he actually retired or something, then the, the all part of it would future value. So it's not that it wasn't allowed. I'm just saying the way it counts against the cap. But is, there's no cap. No, but there's a there is a there's a luxury threshold. Sure. There is. And so this to me is remarkable that this was not I mean, it's not it's not saying there's anything illegal about it. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm just saying it's a strange contract format that you're allowing. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, my reading, uh, I've read a couple of things. I think it wouldn't have been allowed under the previous collective bargaining agreement. This is something that kind of is basically relatively new, relatively unprecedented, obviously. I think it's brilliant. I, I mean, I think it's brilliant from both perspectives. From the team perspective, obviously, you know, they get to kind of, main, you know, get Shohei Otani and field a very competitive team around him. They're not really constrained in the present when he's actually on the team. And then, you know, from Otani's perspective, it's brilliant, too. He's, I mean, while you're a superstar, you don't need that much. You know, he's going to probably be making like 60, 70 million a year right now Wait just for merchandising. Well, and then once he retires, his actual salary money kicks in. Actually, it's, never mind my comment, because Matt, our producer, just put in the box. So apparently the, uh, the MLB is smarter than I thought. They've computed the NPV of his contract at 461. And they're going to count it as $46 million yeah. towards the luxury cap. Oh, so never mind. So they figured out that you could obviously subvert this. Why, you know, why not have him pay you $20 million a year then and count that negative $20 million towards the luxury cap? So, okay, so the NFL has realized this. So y'all give us a little context because Adi was just saying, you know, 800 sounds extraordinary and 400 sounds about right. But, you know, in what world is 400 like not a notable uh, contract value. So just give me a couple of uh, context pieces. One is what did the Yankees just sign Soto for? And I want to hear y'all's reactions to Soto as well. And what was Trout's the, the big contractor? Give us a, give us a Phillies contract from last year. That, give us some other I mean, numbers. The top, the, kind of the top, top sort of five hitter, top five pitchers are in like the 40, 45 million range. So he's basic, right? Is, am I wrong? But that's yeah, about, about right. That's yes. about right right now. Um, I mean, I think Judge Judge prior to this was the record, I think, in terms of AAV. Um, yeah, we're here. Trey, Trey Turner, Trey Turner, Philly shortstop, good stick, three hundred million over eleven years, and so way, that's, that's categorically different. Yeah, the Yankees haven't signed Soto to an extension. They offered him four hundred million dollars, and he turned it down. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's a Boris client. He doesn't. Uh, Boris doesn't do extensions. Right. They so, traded for a rental. Right and hope now. he enjoys himself enough in New York, and I probably will to uh, to side with them when he signs. Uh, as well, what, a did, what is he? What are the Padres? What were the Padres playing him? And now the oh, no, million. I think it's arbitration. So I think he was supposed to get about thirty three million in arbitration. Yeah, thirty three. Okay, so now we have some some context on numbers. Let's set those aside. How do you feel as Yankees about the Reynolds chain's derogatory characterization, renting Soto for a year? No. no? Not I, think, I, I like, think it's a great deal for the Yankees, quite honestly. I think it gets a, a jump on him on a, a contract, $33 million. It's about time the Yankees spend some money, you know, um, and it cleans up an outfield that needs it. Now, they did give up. I thought they gave up a couple good pitchers, but 
they weren't stars. And um, I think there'll be other pitchers to, re I think the, the replacement value of those pitchers um, isn't, uh, makes the trade, I think, a worthwhile trade for the Yankees. Okay. I was also just going to build on what Adi is saying. I think let's imagine the Yankees, it's not hard to imagine that they're a better team with Soto on it. Okay. At some point, that could influence other players to want to come to the Yankees and also potentially at a lower price. I mean, in some sense, if you want to be on a winning team, why not come to the Yankees? I'm just saying, Shane, we have Yankees haven't won a World Series. They've won one World Series in 23 years. If I wanted to go to a winning team right now, it's not obvious of all the teams I would pick, given the scrutiny and everything else, that the I'll call it the ratio of dollars to angst that the Yankees are the best call. Maybe if Soto helps now bring you over the top, now all of a sudden you know, I'll make it up. A player says, I'll take $28 million a year as opposed to 33 to be with the Yankees if the Yankees are actually going to win the World Series. I'm just commenting there could be collateral value that Soto could have that could make even signing him to a – I could say the same with Otani and the Dodgers, although they've been winning. You could say, you know what, his 461 could end up providing economic value to other players. I mean, I I only laugh. No, I mean, I I actually agree that success breeds success, and I, and I'm you know, so Soto making the Yankees better will obviously makes the Yankees more attractive. Just the the thought that player, I mean, historically, do players go to the Yankees for less money because they? I, I mean, the Yankees are always the ones paying the most money. That's that's you know, and, and I mean, the Yankees don't have to. I mean, I don't understand why the Yankees like would. What 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 does a hometown discount even like give the Yankees? I mean, guys, let's talk about a sport that's actually taking place right now, and that's the NBA. So we've just finished up the first ever of these end season tournaments. The Lakers, which has to be kind of you know one of the most desirable teams for the NBA to see win this thing, beat the Pacers in this first ever. It seemed like the reports were that the players were more into it. It seemed successful from an on-the-court basis, but the TV ratings apparently are pretty much what the TV ratings have been. And so it's not clear what how they're using it, how, what their measures of success are. But what were your reactions? Any observations? Did you care differently because of this thing? I, I care differently. I think the part that they brought up, which was valuable, was is that nobody really pays that much attention to basketball right now. Uh, usually, you know, it's the it's the really the low period in basketball. So you've brought maybe a little more attention to the sport during a period that's not that, you know, exciting. Um, you didn't really have to play any extra games. I guess the Lakers and Pacers are now playing an 83rd game that doesn't count towards their record. So marginally so. Um, I don't know. LeBron's put I mean, Lakers apparently are putting up a banner, which I was shocked that they're putting up a banner for this. But uh, they are. Um, yeah, to me, it was exciting. And, and look, this is my prediction as well. And I think, you know, Shane, you would agree with the following, since you're also a big NBA guy. In one game, one game, you would take LeBron over, I mean, I don't want to say almost anybody, but he doesn't have to win you a seven-game series. Yeah, he just right. has to win you one single game. And he was able to do that. And he was able to do that four times. It, it's no series. There's no adjustment. He just you. LeBron beats you in one game. So I, I thought that was exciting. And I, I like the I, I like that they're experimenting. And I honestly, I think. I mean, I guess I'm not particularly surprised the TV rate uh, ratings. I, I would personally, I would advocate them being kind of paid. I think you, you're going to need a few years for the you know the kind of word of this to kind of build up and interest people's consciousness. I mean, I I kind of you know, was only made aware of it through you guys basically this year. And so I think it's going to, you're going to need some years for it to kind of, uh, 
I, I think, increase in sort of the, the public way, Shane, consciousness. But I think it's a fantastic idea. Wouldn't, I hope me, they have the patience with it. Yeah, I was going to say, let me ask you a question, Shane. Let's imagine, forget you're LeBron and you've got almost infinite money. If you're making a good, very good salary in the NBA, let's say three, four million a year, someone said you have a chance to make a 15% bonus. Right now, if I told you, you could have a 15% bonus, you'd be like, this has sounded pretty interesting. That $500,000 was not chump change to a number of those players on the Lakers. I mean, there's a bunch of players on the Lakers that are making $2 million, $3 million a year or less. They just made $500,000 each for winning this tournament. Not bad. Good perspective. We, it's compared to the baseball money we were just talking about. It's easy to lose track of that perspective, but you're right, especially down the down the roster, down the roster. That's not nothing, um, guys. Let's talk about the NFL. We are really getting into the interesting part of the season now, and I think this past weekend had you know some of the best storylines, more storylines it seems to me than almost any weekend of the year. Anything in particular jump out to you? I can tell you that I sure didn't enjoy the Ravens with a 76 yard walk-off punt return. I have watched so many stressful, painful root canal Ravens games that end up with pain. I didn't know what to do with myself on the winning side of this thing. Yeah. They, they I mean, for a fairly dominant team, they never seem to make it. Look no, easy, those Ravens. There's 50%. <laughs> it's painful. Um, yeah, but what's your, you know, there are lots to choose from here. Did you see that, the, that the Minnesota wild won three, nothing also same year, the same day that the Vikings, Vikings beat the Raiders, you said the, the wild, wild. what's that? Vikings. No, no, no. No, the I mean, wild. <laughs> same hockey, hockey score, same as. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, what's he? Oh, okay. Oh. Three, three pretty rare, pretty rare, but notable. <laughs> and honestly. Well, what what a what a great database exercise to ask a student to try and figure out all the times where somehow like a hockey score is matched to football's you know in history. But right. I, I doubt I doubt right. it's happened more than a couple but, times. That's pretty interesting. Let, let's talk about. It. I'd be very interested. I don't know. You haven't talked about it much this season. I don't know if you're still running the Massey Peabody Power Rankings and stuff, or you guys are just using an aggregator and then using the simulator. I forget the name of the simulator website that you guys have been talking about, but. How far have the Eagles fallen in two weeks? Like, if you had to guess using your history of fitting power rankings, Kate, I think one two weeks ago before playing the um, the Cowboys and the Niners, the Niners and the Cowboys, and the Eagles had to be number one or close to number one in most teams' power rankings. But it's now- a great it's a great great question, Eric. But I'm going to stop you there and push you there. I don't know exactly. We are still running it as part of unabated, but unabated. I'm, I'm not following it that closely right now. But I'm going to guess that Philadelphia may not have been number one. It's one of those things where their record was probably outpacing their actual on, on-field you know, play-by-play. I think that was more or less the rhetoric. I could be a little wrong on that, but it wouldn't have surprised me if there were two or three. But you're asking the question, how much can you drop in a couple of weeks, especially with a couple of pretty good beatdowns? Um, I don't, if I, I we should look at it, I can look at it. But if I had to guess, I would say a few spots anyway. I mean, there's enough. It, it really comes down to how much competition is around you. How thick is that right tail? And I, it, it seems pretty thick this season. And so I, I imagine they're down to five. I, I'm going to guess they drop from two or three to. But even in terms of points, any guys guess what it would be? Okay, would it be two or three points? Could it be that much? Could they go from a plus eight to a plus five? Three seems like a lot. I'm, I'm going to say no. But um, it's a it's a great question. I'm going to go more like two. And I mean, you know, in the NFC, that I, I mean, yeah, that they a they got they got beat down well in two weeks, but by two elite teams. Like you know, I mean, that's good drop point. them from like one in the NFC down to three, but you'd you wouldn't no, drop no, them further Shane, than no. that, would you? 
power rankings across all 32 so that you got to deal with the AFC teams up there as well. We're not talking about seeds. Sure. Just like, okay. But, yeah. But where are we? Different question, Shane. If I had asked you two weeks ago, what's the probability the Eagles might go to the Super Bowl? I think people would have said, I don't know, maybe as even if they were using more of a power rank, maybe people were overinflating it at 10 and one, but you probably would have said somewhere around, I don't know, let's call it 25 to 30 percent. Let's put equal probability on them, maybe San Francisco, maybe Dallas, all being roughly equal or something like that. But now you'd have to put their probability for me significantly lower than the 49ers of the Cowboys. And not just because they got beaten by them. It has nothing to do with that. It, yes, it has something to do with it, but it's just the, mag- because of the buy, right? Yeah, the buy as well. Yeah, good point. No, no, not just the buy. I would lower it from the buy as well as the fact that my my perception of their ability in the right tail to beat the other two NFC teams in the right tail is lower than it was just two weeks ago. And to beat them both, potentially. Yes, no, and I, I think that's really the buy, like kind of getting out of that buy spot means that they have to go through pro- not not only do you lose the buy and therefore you have to play an extra game but they you know you have to probably go through both those teams. I will point out though that actually similar to last year there might be some advantage to actually not winning the NFC East division because they're going to be probably the top wildcard team and they're going to play whoever is the winner quote unquote of the NFC South. I knew you, you were know, going to they're lined up the to NFC do that. South. Let me just say, right now, I'm not sure who's got a higher probability to win their division. Do you know the answer? The uh, Cowboys, sorry, the uh, Eagles or the Bucks? I might rather be the Bucks. I think the Bucks have a better chance to win the NFC South than the Eagles do to win the NFC East right now. I didn't say go anywhere in the playoffs. I just said yeah. to win the division. Yeah, I just say that that you know you get to play. I mean, if you if you have the bad luck of losing the NFC East, you get to play the Bucks or whoever wins the yeah, NFC and then you get South. To play and that's two, that's then about play, the closest thing you could have to a bye. That's and not then a you buy. get to play a two week rested San Francisco team, probably which or which may not be any gift, but good yeah. point, well taken. We have a few big games coming up this weekend. I I I I commented the Saturday games were putrid, and I think Shane corrects me and says Broncos Lions. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not a, I'm not used to being uh, excited about Broncos Lions, but sure, sure, playoff consequences. Saturday, I mean Sunday rather, as you roll into mid afternoon, we get Dallas at Buffalo, which is oh. fantastic. I love that Buffalo got by the Chiefs. Baltimore Jacksonville, which is essentially a, you know a, a real competition for the buy in the AFC that's Sunday night football and then Philadelphia and Seattle Philadelphia keeps on getting these high profile games they are favorites going across the country but it's a fun time it's a fun time of year that has been another episode of Wharton Moneyball here on SiriusXM for the whole crew who were here for the whole time come back and join us next time between now and then enjoy your sports <laughs> <laughs> 